Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. This week, I'm going to share a little bit about myself and uh, one of the pieces that I have written about my own anxiety and um, my own history of abuse and how that shaped me as a person, but also as a therapist. I still struggle with anxiety, but not in the way that I used to. It is no longer a constant companion. It is no longer something that I feel every moment of every day, but it creeps in. And when it does, it's humbling and sometimes really hard. And I just thought it was important for you to know that as I explore this journey of anxiety with women and why we struggle so much with it, that I am right here beside you. I am in it with you. And although I have learned through meditation and mindfulness and my own depth work, my own therapy, created a better relationship with my anxiety, it, it still can be a struggle. And it can keep me awake at night sometimes. So I wanted to share this story that I wrote last year. Um, Marisa Gowdy, whose conversation I shared last week, uh, she and Rebecca Wong, who is a therapist that I have also interviewed last year, they helped me shape this story in a way that felt healing and true and really helped me heal some of the parts inside me that really longed to be heard and seen. So I'm a little nervous. I'm a little anxious about sharing this with you here, but it is out there in the world to be read, although I, I think the link is now broken, but um, I will post the full story, the full um, piece on my blog, Biz's blog at progressioncounseling.com. So without further ado, here's a part of my story. Throughout most of my life, anxiety has been a constant companion. As a young child, anxiety was a part of my emotional landscape, and it also inflected my physical world. I needed to feel that my body was safe and secure. I'd get my mom to tie the ribbons at the waist of my dresses so tightly that I could feel them cutting into my skin. I couldn't fall asleep at night unless the covers were tucked so tightly that I felt the pressure of the blankets pushing me into the bed. As a teenager, I often disconnected from my difficult feelings. I wasn't fully present 
and it was as if I was in a fog. At other times, it was as if all the wires in my system fired at the same time. When I was stressed and anxious, I became hyper aware of my clothes touching my skin. Irritable and angry much of the time, I struggled with depression. All of this confused me. I wasn't making the connection between the physical sensory discomfort and my emotional discomfort. I felt like I didn't fit in. I believed that there was something wrong deep within me and that I was the problem. When I tried to fix that, I'd mold myself to other people's needs and agree to things I wasn't sure I wanted. My body would try to get my attention. A heavy tightness would press down on my chest. To this day, that pressure continues to remind me when I'm holding back and not speaking up for my wants and needs. It's not easy for me to open up, and it takes a lot for me to let down my guard, to be vulnerable, to trust, to be me. So much of that comes back to my childhood. The physical and emotional symptoms that I described didn't just crop up one day. When we were very young, my sister and I were abused by a powerful man in my family. The abuse was allowed to continue even after my sister and I came forward and told my parents, and they consulted with the other adults in the family. It took a huge leap of faith to tell our story. But the adults we relied upon rationalized the abuse. My sister and I were told to figure it out on our own. We were four and six years old. I can picture that younger self in a starchy, smocked, calico-printed dress, chubby legs, a smile on my face, wanting to be loved, cared for. I just wanted to be seen, heard, and protected. Instead, the message I received was, don't make a fuss, and please go figure out how to protect yourself. As we grew older, the abuse stopped, but the emotional scars are still present, and they show themselves when I'm feeling most vulnerable. I know what it means to feel like no one sees you and no one hears you. I know the fear of showing my real self. And this is why I became a therapist. Because I care so deeply about those who feel unseen and unheard. As a therapist, I hold sacred space as I see my clients in their most vulnerable moments. I work with women who have trouble showing up as who they really are. They feel inauthentic in their lives, and they struggle with anxiety and depression. As we work together, they experience what it's like when their voices, their needs, their wants, and their pain 
are finally seen and heard. My own deep dive into therapy has helped me understand my shame and self-blame. It's helped me to reintegrate the parts of me that I pushed away. I'm able to feel the power of those voices inside me that long to be heard. I'm able to acknowledge the parts of myself that need to have their stories told, shared, and embraced with compassion. I've begun the process of listening, loving, trusting, and seeing all of me. I'm not sure I'll ever rid myself of the need to protect myself or the worry that I'll show myself and there won't be anyone there to see me. But I've learned that I can be there for me. I am the one who will be able to see me, to hear me, to support me and love me. The abuse I experienced used to feel like a liability, but now I see it as my strength. I am a better therapist because of my story, and I appreciate how it shaped me both personally and professionally. My clients feel that I truly understand their pain and trust that I can see their true selves in ways that might be hidden from them. I receive their stories with empathy and I support them with encouragement and compassion. As they reach out, as they explore their experiences and move forward on their journey, I continue to grow and heal right there beside them. Thank you for listening and uh, being with me as I read that story. I shared it for a couple of reasons. One, it's an important part of me and who I am. The abuse happened. Was that okay? No, it sucked. It was terrible. But it happened. And I've grown through my own therapy and my own personal work because of it. And it's shaped who I am as a person, as a therapist in my life. But I also shared it because I wanted to demonstrate just how powerful telling our stories from our perspective of who we are today can be Uh, empowering, it can be life-changing, it can support us in ways that we might not have thought possible. As I mentioned on the in my conversation with Marisa, it takes time to write and tell a very personal vulnerable story. You may go through many rough drafts and edits and rewrites before the story that you need to be told comes through. I can vividly remember submitting the very first draft of this this particular story. And the feedback was, you know, we don't really want to hear about your therapy. We want to hear about you. So I had framed it in a way that I felt protected me from the pain in the story. But that really wasn't the story that needed to be told. 
for me, part of the story is that it there was pain there. There was a difficult experience, but that I've moved beyond that pain in ways that have helped me grow. So there were probably, I, I think, from beginning to end, the writing, the editing, the rewriting of the story probably took about three months. There were times when I had to step away from it and say, like, I'm not sure I even want to tell this story. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have both Marisa and Rebecca there with me, encouraging me, but also saying, you know what, this is yours to, to do with what you want. And we're here if you want to put it out there in the world. So know that your story has value. Your story can incorporate both past and present. It can be told in a healing way that can incorporate the pain and the strength that have come from that pain. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you have not subscribed, you can do so in iTunes. The more subscribers that I have, the more value iTunes places on it. So weirdly, I hate to promote that, but it's important in terms of their metrics. So if you haven't subscribed, I'd love it if you did. I would also love to hear any stories of healing that you may have experienced. So reach out through my website, womanwarriors.com. Shoot me an email and let me know what your story is. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Wherever you are, if you're in the throes of winter, I hope you're, you're surviving the cold. If you're in a warm temperature, oh, I am envious. We have snow on the ground here in Maryland. Thanks again for tuning in. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.